Hey, I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. He's old, but I'm young. But we're both cute. And you're listening to another episode of the Mangina Dialogues. Hey, Nick, you know what today is? I do not, Daddy. I mean, Greg. Today is the first day with our new sponsor, BlueChew.com. You got to be familiar with who they are and what they do by now, aren't you there, fella? (laughs) A little bit. Refresh my memory, you old loser. (laughs) Well, these guys have come out with what is probably the best thing to happen to sex in a long time. A chewable male enhancement pill. Well, not pill, kind of like a chewable. And it's utterly amazing. I'm sure guys of your age really need this more than guys like mine. No, I mean, you being in your early 70s would dictate that you probably need this more than I do in my early, early, early 30s, you know? Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It it is true. And, you know, the best thing about this is that you don't need to go to the doctor. When you order it and you get approved through their online physician's consultation, it comes to your house in a discreet little package. So whether you're 30 or 330, no one's going to know that you've ordered one of these little awesome little tools to help you get going when you may need a little assistance yes and this by the way has the same active ingredients as cialis and viagra which i've taken both right now before this podcast so i could be hard the entire time it's gonna be wild wet and wild good thing we're on a zoom call so you could see it in action (laughs) yeah man i mean i think you really come to the time you should tell people how they go about and get this really special deal from listening to us you go to bluechew.com Okay, get your first order free when you use promo code MANGINA, M-A-N-G-I-N-A. Just pay $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MANGINA. You're welcome. That was awesome. Uneducated, unfiltered, unhinged. This is the Mangina Dialogues. We at it again with your host Nick Scopes and the Gregolicious. You know how we do, cause you know we keeping it gangster and silly. Unplug like a pool swung titty. About get jitty, cause you know we down to the nitty and the gritty. And we make shit sound so damn pretty. Gin, cause this three inch comedy. And right now you're in the mix. So get ready, cause we about to get it poppin'. We ain't stopping. I'm educated, unfiltered, unhinged. This the Mangina Hello and welcome to the Mangina Dialogues. I am your host, Nick Scopes. And I'm Greg Alperin. I knew you were going to use your real name today because our guest, Brian Holtzman, has struck fear into the heart of our Greg Alperin. Brian, how are you, man? How are you doing out there? I'm just fine. I, I'm very excited about your uh, intro music. I have that album. <laughs> I have it on CD. I have it on DVD. I have it on Laserdisc. I have it on cassette. And I have it on 8-track. Uh, and I have all the posters. That's the one from Shoot'em on 8th Street. And, yes. and bang them in the ass. Bang them in the ass. Bang them in the ass. Yeah, great. Thanks. I, I feel good. I think it's going to be a good, good one. I, I'm just... <laughs> Totally comfortable, you know. I can see your head bobbing. I can see your head bobbing. I gotta tell you, that's the best one we've gotten so far. Yeah, bang him in in the ass was Greg's senior quote in high school. It was, it was, it was, it's there in the yearbook for everyone to see. Everyone (laughs) to see. And all those people in high school, all those people, those questionable personalities in high school, 
Unfortunately, they're all out there as adults or pretending to be adults, pretending to be grown up, and are just just taking a shit wherever they go and refusing <laughs> to wipe their ass. These are our fellow Americans. Holy shit. Only people worse are the millennials. Oh, oh my God. I don't know who's worse than worse. Is it the old guys? Is it the middle? Is it the moms? The white moms in their, in their BMW shouting about this and hating this? Have you ever seen such a privileged group of people, Americans? I'd like to take the whole country and drop it off in India uh, or Africa and some of these places that, you, that we know are out there with unpaved roads and no, no drinking water, no food. Uh, no security, and just and bring them back here, and everybody would kind of think, "Wow, we really do have it great here." You yeah, know, no shit. It's funny because that's one of the things I wanted to bring up and talk to you about is this whole can cancel culture shit going on and taking out un ridiculous, ridiculous people that shouldn't and don't deserve to be, in my opinion. Like, I'm just curious, since you're close to a lot of that stuff, much closer than we are, like, what do you, obviously we can tell by what you think about it, but really, like, at the, at the heart of it, what do you think about that? And how, how do you think the industry is going to be affected by some fucking lady in Mississippi that has a bug up her ass and then tries to take someone down just because she heard a, a joke she didn't like? Well, you know, I'll put it this way. If you want to blow me to get on stage, you know, that's okay with me. Now, should I be should I be canceled because you wanted to blow me to get on stage? But, um, you know, it's the media. The media is part of the problem. The media is, as we know, is for profit. Yeah. So they don't want to take a stand on anything. They want to go right down the middle. They don't want to call anybody out for anything because they don't want to lose any soap sales or pharmaceutical sales or big oil and big insurance. So the problem is, uh, you know, uh, and I think that's, it's a backlash, you know. Uh, there's no middle ground. Everybody is too far to the right and too far to the left. I think all we want is middle ground common sense. Yeah. Right. And it's lacking. And uh, as far as canceling people, uh, they're being canceled because they're afraid of losing their soap sales. Yeah. And they want to, they want to, uh, they want to kowtow or they want to cater to everybody uh, that, that that's, you know, uh, and some of it's warranted. Some of most of it probably isn't, you know, that's why we have remote controls. We can change the channel. Yeah. And the 350,000 of those channels to listen to and find. <laughs> I think Bill Maher is pretty good because he gets to say whatever he wants and nobody cancels him. And, yeah. uh, yeah. I think he's the only voice. If you have a voice that nobody wants to hear, they won't, you know, if you, if you say anything negative about their interests, you're not going to be heard. You're simply right. not going to be heard. Yeah, I mean, I so. think it's it's kind of crazy when someone like Ellen, you know, and I don't know anything about it besides what I've seen in the media, of course, but, you know, if there's a if there's a group coming after Ellen who speaks to that group directly every single freaking day and you know, is going to be taken down or now passed the buck and, you know, fired three or four of her high level staffers. It's like, where does it fucking end? Uh, yeah, as far as Ellen goes, I lost, uh, not that I was a big fan to begin with, with, uh, uh, Ellen, Ellen, uh, super dyke. <laughs> yeah. Not that I was, uh, 
billionaire dyke. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I wasn't a big fan of her to begin with. Right. And when I saw her at the baseball game with uh, the former President Bush, uh, that really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, let's go to the ball game and have fun and hot dogs and drink beer with somebody who's responsible for millions and millions of deaths and carnage and, and young servicemen missing their limbs. Yeah, let's go. To, yeah, I want to go to a ball game with that guy. Yeah, so that was very suspicious to me. You know, he's probably the last person I'd ever want to get near. Right. Let's get near the person and be friendly with the person who's responsible don't forget the whole world, the whole world demonstrated against that Iraqi fiasco. Yep. The yep. whole world. It wasn't just protests in this country. And right. he thought that it was still a good idea for whatever reason. And I just feel sorry for all the, all the young men and women who have been uh, uh, affected physically, mentally, not to mention the Iraqis who were blown up. And, uh, you know, let's go to a country and uh, just, just, just break it. Right. Break yeah. it. So uh, when I saw her having a fun day at the ball game, I knew she was a charlatan. I knew she was just a, a hollow, forgetting where she came from. You know, uh, she probably, uh, you know, now he paints pictures. You know, now we're supposed to buy his paintings of books, you know. Yeah. Why don't you paint why don't you paint pictures of people without legs and without arms and with bashed in heads? You know, why don't you pick, why don't you paint pictures of what you caused over there? And everybody wants to give him a pass. That's America. Everybody gets a pass. Everybody gets, you know, well, he was trying to do the wrong thing or the right thing. And he was, well, he, you know, he was, you know, he's very sophisticated. Even PBS, they can't, they, everybody gets a pass, but you go and rob a liquor store, you go to jail for life. Right. But if you're uh, one of the elites in the white collar, you go to a special prison. Can you believe that? We even have special prisons in America for rich people. You know, special prisons just for rich people. You know, it's just, uh, there's too many. This is why on my Dead Air podcast, I really don't like to get into politics because it's a rabbit hole. Yeah. It's a rabbit hole. No <laughs> talk. We are there to talk about is, politics. I would, I would argue that podcasts like yours and a lot of comedians podcasts like a lot of the guys you work with regularly or worked with regularly at the comedy store they're providing kind of that middle ground that you said because everyone's so far right and so far left and the comedian is able to kind of sit back and observe and be like wait a minute what what the hell is going on here like why is this over here and like you know rogan's a good example of that and i think comedians are kind of and that's why it's been so popular is it, they're kind of bringing that middle ground to the normal people however many are left in the us and are like wait a minute this is too extreme let's just figure it out and take facts and th take things for who they are so you know i would argue comedians are a big part of that middle ground which is great we need it nowadays well, we sure do we sure do i mean you can't say this you can't say that you can't you know, you're supposed to be able to make fun of people. What are you going to make fun of? Giraffes and elephants? You know, what are you going to make? Just make fun of animals? Can't make fun of people? People is, that's who you make fun of. And I'm sure gi giraffes and elephants are making fun of giraffes and elephants because they're the only ones that understand one another. You know, it's just a, it's just a total uh, backlash. I mean, the right hates the left more than we can ever imagine. You know, uh, I'm a bleeding heart liberal. I don't care, you know, but I'm the bad guy because I care about fucking people I don't know. 
Yeah. Right. I have compassion for people. If you guys need uh, an operation and you don't have insurance, well, I'm willing to pay for that through taxes or what have you. That, that's just me. Call me a dumbass. You know, yeah. call me a fucking asshole because I care about people I don't know. And that's yeah. all I think is a lot of it. Yeah. People no, have totally, their uh, I, I totally agree with you 100% on all of that stuff. Total, 100%. Like 100%. You, but it's interesting because you were in the armed forces, right? So you were in the Air Force? I was an Air Force. I was a major. Right. I was a major fuck up. <laughs> but I mean, but you were, how long were you in the armed forces for? Uh, four and a half years in right. the Air so, Force. Right. And when you went through that, is, is that where you got this like itch to do comedy? Like, where does this come from? Like I've seen, I've seen you at the store a bunch of times and what I, what I, and I was trying to explain to Nick, you know, your, your, you know, your, your comedy style. And I'm like, I, it is the most honest person on stage you're going to see because they're telling you stuff that they truly believe. At least that's from the fan's perspective. When I sit there and watch you do your routine, it's like he's coming up and he's going to just rip on whatever is in his mind and tell you exactly how he thinks and what he feels. And that has to come from someplace, right? So I imagine it's part of your growing up, you know, with your family and, you know, it's in you and your brother on podcast before and, um, but it has to some has to come. I would think from a little bit of all these areas. Does it come from being in the military? Well, that's where I got the bug in the military. I, I took a class, uh, 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 some kind of speech class at nighttime in the military, and uh, and uh, at the end of the class, they had a we had a big dinner and a graduation ceremony, and there were two two students in the class who were both uh, uh, present. Uh, uh, you know, uh, announces uh, news people on the Far East Network. Right. So, of course, I thought they'd pick both of them or one of them to be the MC for the graduation ceremony. And for some reason, they picked me. Huh. And that's where the bug, that's where the bug was planted because I just kind of talked about the people in the class, some of the things I had remembered. And I remember it just being, uh, and they gave me a, they gave me a, let me see what they gave me. They gave me this. <laughs> They gave me this, and I had it framed, and it, 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 I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. They yeah. gave me this. They gave me this, and it was just a wonderful, wonderful evening. It was just, and I had a lot of fun doing it. And I think that's when the seed was planted. But before that, I used to watch, uh, if you remember HBO on location? Yeah, of course. When HBO just started, and they had Freddie Prince, and they had that little brick wall. Yep. Very intimate. So I always, I was aware of stand-up comedy, but never put two and two together that perhaps I would be doing it someday. But I, I believe that's where the bug, and then I went and uh, got a job with the airline, United Airlines up in San Francisco, which is a big comedy town. Yep. And that's when I started doing the open mics. Right. And then how, how, how long did it take you before you just were all in and stand-up and that was your career? It, it never... I guess right today, it, it, I guess I would be all in. Right. Because I always kept a day job. I never, I never, I never left my day job until oh, wow. this, this, this past June, uh, uh, July 30th was my last day. Wow. 
What was that? Because, what, were, what was the job? What did you do? Well, the first job was uh, United Airlines. Right. And then after that, I got another job. See, if you see my act, Greg, you, you saw me, you see my act. You, yeah, one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you, would, you would keep your day job too, right? Well, <laughs> it's not the kind of act where you run out and say, well, I'm going to be a Mr. Comic. What, what fucking asshole club owner anywhere in this country is going to want Brian Holtzman? They want to sell alcohol. They don't want people yelling at me and screaming and walking out. It, it's not that kind of act yeah. until you get a name for yourself. So anyway, I've kept my day job. And uh, so I never really uh, – and the comedy store spoiled me since 1986. Right. Every night of the week. So I really – I felt to myself – you can only do comedy at night. The comedy store is treating you like gold. I can do both. And I did, or I am. Or yeah, I mean, that's, I mean that, that's unbelievable because, I mean, doing sets that late and then doing a job during the day and then going back and doing sets that late, I mean, you really have to love what you do in both cases, not just the comedy, but also your day job. Or at least something, you know, whatever that is, it's passing your time. Well, the day job does make it easier, you know, and uh, all the comics are always belly aching about the road and how they can't wait to get a television show and get off the road. And all the horror stories and own his panion cocaine and, and, and terrible lodging and, and on. It's like being a fucking flight attendant. Right. You know, you're just flying around the fucking United States on a nonstop fucking uh, whirlwind. Sometimes they don't pay. They pay very little. By the time you fucking make any money, and this is, you know, this is the road when you start out, you know. So I, I was never, uh, you know, I was, I, it was never attractive to me, you know. Right. Uh, as a lifestyle, because I, I, basically it probably comes from a, a, a self-confidence that wasn't there to right. take that leap. You know, I have to be honest. A lot of people have trouble being completely honest. You know, it's my own, uh, it's my own, uh, you know, I respect stand-up comedy so fucking much, you know. I look up to the people who do it. I don't take it lightly, so, you know, uh, uh, so I kept my day jobs all through the years, so I'm finally now retired. Congratulations. And I, I want to go on Joe Rogan, and I find out he's moving to fucking Texas. So I <laughs> I can't win, you know, I can't win, you know, I'm going to have to fucking fly to fucking Texas to be on his show, I guess, someday, because, uh, you know, he mentions me a lot, he likes the joke about the kids in the lake, and uh, I told him I wanted to be on it, he said any time, but I told him I want to wait till I'm retired, so we can have a better conversation, much like what we're having now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, Brian, question I have for you, you said, you know, you were a bleeding heart liberal, and usually it's the liberal side or the left side that goes after these comics for saying wild shit, right? But like they tie they or what they think is wild shit. They don't know, like like you said, you're a bleeding heart liberal who cares about other people, but someone who is liberal as well might see your act and be upset or want to cancel you or whatever. So like how do you kind of deal with that nowadays? I I, I just ignore it. It's neither here nor there. It's like uh, it's like Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is a protest about unarmed black men 
being shot and killed. And to me, that is it. Right. But the people won't let them have that. They won't let them have that. They keep splitting hairs. So these liberals who don't like my show, they're void. They're, those are the people causing all the fucking trouble. It's making every, all these uh, conservatives hate liberals. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a splinter group. It's like they're taking a knee. Taking a knee is a protest against black unarmed men being murdered in the street. It's not about disrespecting the flag. Right. See how everything gets muddied. There's a million different agendas. Everybody has an agenda. So what do you get when you have all these agendas? You have what we have today in the United States. Complete fucking chaos. Yeah. Nobody wants to own anything. So nobody, I mean, nobody lets anybody just have what they have. And, you know, they'll say this too. And I have all my friends. I can't break up with my friends because I don't politically agree with them. Truth. But it's like uh, uh, Black Lives Matter. What about black on black cri- uh, crime? I don't give a fuck. That's just, that's, that's just making, that's, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, it's noise. Or they say, well, what about the businesses that were broken? Well, shit's going to get broken. <laughs> and those people will get other jobs. They'll open up other businesses. They'll get, they'll, you know, I can't worry about broken windows in shops in Hollywood that I can't even buy a fucking belt. You know, <laughs> these expensive Melrose fucking stores. <laughs> right? So it's just nobody wants to let anybody. And that's more about the people. Yeah. That's yeah. more about their fear, their depression. You know, every time we react, it's not so much about what we're reacting to. It's about us. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, I, it really is. Yeah. Me and Nick have that conversation all the time about about these types of, of you know scenarios. And it's it's hardly ever about what the the issue is. It's really about the issue within yourself. You know, we, we talk about that all the time. And if you, you know, whatever your insecurities are, your deep rooted problems might be, you know, you, you use these things as a trigger as an, as a fucking excuse to, to say and do whatever you want. And it's really a fuck. It's a, it's a shit show is what it comes and if, to. And if you uh, try to explain it to these people, they will just, they will not understand that it's about their unchecked ego and their fear. Or they're just blatant racism. Yeah, totally, hundred percent. And and you can't even, you know, the 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 other thing is you just simply cannot have an intelligent conversation with someone that refuses to hear anyone's side, especially you know, especially one that they don't agree with. If they don't agree with it, you're an asshole. You know, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You know, you should go burn in hell. You know, I mean, stupid, stupid shit. But that's the person that's got the problem. Yeah. That's, I always, I've always compared it to like, it's such a dumb analogy, but this is, I'll use like a sports analogy. I'm a New York Giants fan, right? I love that the Giants beat the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl. It's fantastic as someone who went to college in Massachusetts and does not like those fans, right? It's very cool. But if I were to sit here as a Giants fan and say, if someone, you know, and say, oh, the Patriots are shit, they're not a good team, they're all, they suck. It's like, you're just ignoring facts 
because you have an allegiance to a team. It's not even about facts or real life. You're just using your emotion and you're attached to a team in politics. It's, are you red? Are you blue? Do you have an R next to your name? Do you have a D next to your name? And I, I can't, I don't know. It sucks being in a world like that. It's kind of dumb, but I, I can't get over that, that people just ignore facts. <laughs> it blows my mind. I don't understand. I can't get it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, what was I going to say? It's like, um, they're just, they just, and they think, and they think, you know, just the way I've been talking so far in this podcast, they think I'm the, I'm the bad one, you know, I'm, 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 I'm the fucking, I'm the fucking idiot, you know. Yeah, it's a shame that people can't, you know, most people these days cannot have a rational conversation. Like you could, you could have a heated conversation with someone, then two pe- very rational people can have a heated conversation where they're coming from a different place. And at the end of that conversation, you may not agree, but at least it's honest. But chances are now one of those two people is going to leave and you know, want to start a fight or think, you know, whatever. And feelings are going to be hurt. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah. It's a, I, <clears throat> one more example I'll give is I work at uh, I work at Equinox. I'm a personal trainer at Equinox here, right? Equinox. I don't know if you remember, I think it was last summer or whatever. Uh, the guy who's part owner of the real estate company who owns Equinox, Stephen Ross was throwing a fundraiser for Donald Trump. Okay. And we had people like, some of my clients, members, people canceling their memberships um, because it's now the company, which Equinox couldn't be more liberal as a company, uh, is associated with Trump. I'm losing money now. <laughs> You're affecting me directly. Stephen Ross, who also owns the Miami Dolphins, is going to be okay, okay? <laughs> He's going to make it. So is Donald right. Trump. But you stop training with me. I just lost an extra $800 a month and that's could be rent for me. So I, again, I understand like people are using their emotions. It's not rational. So they'll quit the gym. They'll quit training. You know, I have a relationship with these people all because a person who has a 60% shareholder in a real estate company that owns Equinox through Trump a fundraiser. I, that blew my mind. And you know, you got celebrities coming out saying, cancel your memberships with Equinox. It's like, what about all the employees that work there? Like what happened to us? Does it not matter? It blows my mind. So Brian, what, what do you, I mean, we, we, you, know, you mentioned Rogan and going on his show. Um, hopefully I'm, I really hope that happens. I'd love to hear you guys talk. Um, but what do you think about him and Joey Diaz leaving LA and, you know, Joey, I you know, going to Jersey and, and, um, uh, Rogan going to Texas. Like, what do you think about that? What do you think effect that has on the LA comedy scene? Like, you think it has any, or is it? You know, what do you think? Like, as a guy that's there and living it with those dudes. First of all, uh, they're in a position where they have enough reserve or income or money that making a move like that is 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 relatively easy. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people simply can't afford to to just move to another state. So in that respect, they're very fortunate and they're very lucky. I like when people just, when people just change residence in LA, it's, it, it'll cost them maybe $4,200, you know, the first, the last, you know, yeah. it's terribly, terribly expensive just to, 
to, to live in a, in a state like California. Now, as far as the comedy scene goes, it's going to take a hit because those guys brought in, packed that comedy store. Yeah. And I was, yeah. I was a beneficiary of that. Sure. Whenever I was on the list and I saw uh, uh, Chris D'Elila, uh of course, that's, I don't know about that now, but and, and Joe Rogan and Sebastian and, uh, and uh, Joey Diaz and, uh, 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 you know, when I saw these guys on the list, it made me happy because yeah. I knew the, it was going to be sold out. Right. And yeah. I, of course, I get a cut of the door. But, uh, yeah, it's going it, to, it's, 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 uh, it's certainly going to take the shine off for sure. Yeah. Joe Rogan is just, uh, you know, everything he touches turns to gold. And he brought in crowds, and uh, and Joey Diaz is 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 a, is a big name in himself. I think he has over a million uh, followers on Instagram, a million, a million freaking people. I mean, it's just wonderful what they did, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, you know, uh, the comedy scene will still go on uh, if it ever goes, if it ever gets back to normal. Uh, but certainly, sure, those guys leave and it's going to take a hit. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm, I'm lucky I spend, well, I was spending a lot of time in Los Angeles um, pre this COVID stuff and, you know, would come down to the store a few times a week while I was there. And it like, I would never even look at who was on. It didn't even matter. I would just go on, buy, buy tickets for me and my friends to go see whatever show I could get into that night. You should have called me. I would have got you in for free. Oh, I'll call you now if I hope for next fucking time. Uh, and I appreciate <laughs> that. But, um, you know, I, I'd rather pay the tickets to help everybody support the, the cause. But, um, you know, you, you can't beat those, those shows. You can't. Like, I mean, I, I would send Nick texts of, hey, look, you know, I would shoot the, the list off the door and be like, hey, check this out. And he would just send me a text back of nothing but um, curse words. <laughs> <laughs> he would just send me like a, a, a cursed, riddled text back, right? And, you know, with have a good time, asshole, right? And, <laughs> um, and you know, it's just the most amazing place. If you're a comedy fan, if you're anywhere surrounded around the comedy business to just walk into that place any night, they're open. It doesn't matter what room you go into. You're going to see the best comedy in the world every night of the week. So like being on those, you know, I'm most curious about, you know, you close out nights at one o'clock in the morning sometimes. Right. So how, how do you, do that when you've just sat there and watched probably in some ways that list you mentioned plus Whitney Cummings and Marin and you know Duncan Trump like every single person like every heavyweight and then you have to go on at one o'clock in the morning to a bunch of drunk Australians like what does that do like how does that process in your mind I I don't uh you know I I you know uh I got anointed and I got baptized by Mitzi Shaw. Right. So that that's always stuck with me. You know, once you get that 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 sign of uh, that validation from Mitzi Shaw, you know, and and of all those guys on the list, I'm probably the only asshole with a day job. <laughs> so that even that even fuels me even more that I'm working on the list with millionaires. So I'm so pumped 
and I get to go longer because I'm last. Yep. That yep. pumps me up. I get to say exactly what I want to say. And it's just like, uh, I know the room was full and I often tell it, you know, I know this room was full earlier, but now <laughs> it's not. But I don't give a fuck because you are the real comedy aficionados. Yeah. You true. are the real comedy fucking people. So I really want to give those people uh, a piece of my mind. Right. Oh, and, and, I want them, and I want them to leave scratching their heads and uh, trying to figure out, is this fucking guy a Democrat or is this guy a fucking Trumpster? Who the fuck is this guy? What the, I can't figure out whose side he's on. I don't know what's going on here. Oh yeah, and I love I love when they I love when the girlfriend says something and then uh, I'll tell her to shut up or get a lot. And then, and then the guy that's with her will get involved because he wants to get laid, so he'll start going in on me, and they wind up leaving, and it's just a big chorus of fuck yous. I love it. I love it because. The, the, they're taking something out of content. You know, you, yeah. you, you're there to see something you wouldn't ordinarily see, aren't you? Yeah. You pay how much money to park your fucking car, you dumbass? How much money to get in? All the fucking drinks you fucking drank. Maybe you got some food. And now you want to have a hard time with the fucking guy on stage who's trying to give you to talk to you like it was just you and you. Yeah. You know, I'm talking to you like it's just you and me. I'm taking the audience out of it. Yeah. And they can't accept it. Yeah, it's fun. It's funny. I mean, that's, you know, some of the greatest things I, I you know, if, if someone's going to go to the comedy store and this is pre Brody, and I think I may mentioned it to you on, on message that, you know, really the reason, one of the main reasons I started this with Nick was because of Brody. And I saw an amazing set of Brody's one o'clock to two o'clock in the morning. He, I had to go to the bathroom twice. He let me have it for like five minutes nonstop, both times. And after the show, I texted him and I'm like, Hey man, thank you. Like, just want to say thanks. Like that was amazing. And we kept up a little bit of a text back and forth. And we talked about, you know, my interest in comedy and, and he was very supportive and gave me some Brody tidbits. And it's the main reason I came back and me and Nick, you know, started doing comedy together and, and this podcast. And it's really thanks to Brody for encouraging me to just, you know, what do you got to lose? Like, just go for it, asshole. Right. That's kind of what he said. But I can only think about what it would be like for a comedy fan to go to the comedy store three nights in a row and see Brody end, you end, and then Barris end. Like, where are they going home? And how the fuck are they going to describe what they saw in three nights of comedy <laughs> in the comedy store? Like, that to me, like, that should be. That should have been a special on something. Like, it really, it just deserves to be out there to the world to see like that. And I, I hope somehow, someday that does happen for people who are fans of comedy. Obviously not with Brody anymore, but you guys were keeping that torch lit very fucking light. Anyway, that's my Brody story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brody, Brody was good. Brody was, yeah. uh, he was, he was... He was working it. He was leaving it all on stage. Yeah, and he sure was. He was. Trying to connect with them. Yeah. And I always, sometimes I even said, I'd go in and watch Brody sometimes, and and uh, and I'd see the audience. They were just having such a good time. 
and I was just kind of envious. I said, look at this. I look at the audience's faces and they were just having such a good time. Yeah. And I said to myself, why can't you have, make your audience have a good time too? <laughs> why can't you fucking make everybody happy? Look how happy everybody is. <laughs> hey, but everyone's got their own thing. <laughs> but there's plenty of happiness in your act. Don't, don't, don't think not. Um, I mean, I really, I want to thank you for taking the time to, to go in a million different directions with us. This was a shit ton of fun for us. Um, yeah, thank I you, really encourage everybody that listens to us to listen to your podcast, Dead Air. Um, it's you and Red Band, and it's, it's awesome. It really is. It's a totally different... I think show than a lot of the other comedians that are doing these shows. Um, you know, it's, it's really cool to listen to and, you know, I'll look forward to it. I know Nick is going to binge a ton of it. So just for me, I really want to say thanks for taking the time. And where are you this. guys, where, where are you guys located? We're right about an hour outside New York city. Yeah. Lower. Wonderful. Yeah. So next, yeah. when I get back to LA, I'm definitely going to take you up at least on a, afternoon lunch or coffee or whatever oh hell yeah now that i'm re now that i'm free yeah now you got time <laughs> i'm free <laughs> retired jealous of the retirement um but listen man yeah, really imagine, thank that. You. imagine that greg i i retire after all these years of doing comedy and working a day job and now the clubs are closed <laughs> <laughs> and if you would have stayed you probably would have got paid for staying and working from home i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> You can't win them all. Yeah. Win. I'd, like to, I'd like to win some. I'd like to win some. Hey, listen, best to you. Stay healthy. Thank and you. We'll, we'll definitely catch up with you soon. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate Bye, Brian. it. Thanks, man. Be well.